Welcome to the MRX Influencers Podcast, where you come for the insights, but stay for the good times. I'm Dan Fleetwood, and on this podcast, I chat with the best and brightest minds in the research space. On this episode, we have a group discussion with Vivek Bascaron, Jamin Brazil, and Jeffrey Henning, where we talk about the early days of market research software, the evolution of the space, entrepreneurship as well, and just really funny stories about research and software. And I think you'll really enjoy the conversation that I have with these guys. All right, well, let's get started. Hey, gentlemen, thanks for joining me. What's up, Dan? Thanks for having me. Hey, just so just a quick intro. We want to make this conversation around how these guys scaled their companies early on and then share some some stories, hardest the hardest parts of it. And you know, when they when did they realize that things were gonna work out and so forth? So we have Jamin who started Decipher in 2000, right? I think that's right, Jamin. Something right. like that. April of 2000. April of 2000. And then we have Jeffrey Henning who started Perseus in 1993, and then that sold to Volvici, is that right? Austin Ventures. Austin Ventures. We branded it as Volvici. Got it. Okay. And then Viv, who, I mean, obviously we all know, he started Question Pro in 2005, and we're still here, so that's good. <laughs> These two guys did the smart thing. They sold the company, and they made a ton of money. I'm the, I, I, I guess I'm the dumb guy in the room, just hanging, still hanging out. You know? <laughs> the only smart one, Vivi. Oh, mom, I'm the mom. I'm still going to make it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I think let's start off with the first question. Maybe the obvious question is, you know, why did you start your company initially? So Jeffrey, maybe we'll, we'll start with you. If you can give some background on why you started Perseus and then, and then we'll kind of kick it to Jamin and Viv after that. Yeah, so I actually uh, learned how to program when I was eight. My dad bought a TRS-80 Model 1. It had 4K of RAM and BASIC, and I fell in love with programming. And so I knew that I wanted to go into computers and have a software company. And um, when I came out of college, uh, I actually ended up at a market research company doing uh, custom programs for them. Uh, And the way my boss got me to accept the job was he said, you'll learn enough about research that you'll be able to go achieve your goal of starting your own company and know what kind of software you're going to build. Uh, and so, um, so I saw an opportunity originally in focus group uh, analytics. And so in 1993, when we started, we were doing uh, Katie software and focus group qualitative uh, software. Um, and it was just, you know, something I, I wanted to do, you know, my entire life was have a software company. So. Wow. From the year, from the age of eight, too. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, Jamin, how about you? Uh, so the the journey of starting for me is uh, it's just part of my DNA. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit like Jeff. The um, you know, there's always been an element of hustle in my life. Even you know, I'd buy candy in bulk in junior high and then sell it on the bus ride. Right. So <laughs> it's just like always trying to figure out how to how to how to make it. And, um, with, for me, when I started Decipher with Jamie Plunkett back in 2000, th- that was just a, a really obvious next step in where market research was headed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so yeah, I mean, the, the, why I did it was it just made a lot of, it just was crystal clear to me of that, you know, we were going to see a trans, a transference of caddy or, or telephone based interviewing as mm-hmm. well as in-person interviewing to a digital framework. It was just non-ambiguous. 
Right. Got it. Got it. And then Jamin, I think I heard at one of the conference that you spoke at, I think at IIEX that you, you were the first one that you know of to do an online survey. Is that, did I get so, that right? That I know of, I actually think that may be mistaken now, but uh, okay. for profe- professionally. So um, okay. Got uh, it. I did my first project in 1996. It was uh, a sweltery June in Palo Alto, California. Um, <laughs> Uh, and the, and it, 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 back in those days, it took about three months, at least 30 days, but usually about three months to do a research, a primary research project, mm-hmm. um, especially one at scale on a national or global level. Um, and it's just because it was coordination, right? It was all about coordination. Uh, and, and on that particular project, uh, it was a company called Segasoft. They had a um, uh, virtual makeover product, scan a picture of yourself in, put new hair on. I looked fantastic. <laughs> uh, they were trying to decide, should we hire Tyra Banks for a million dollars or Model X? For, so it was an A-B test, right? What right. would we want to cover? Um, uh, the client only had $20,000. So I, my boss said, no way, we can't do it. This is stupid. Oh, and they had a week to make a decision at the board level. Uh, and I said, I think we could do it. So I programmed the survey Monday, fielded it Tuesday, analysis Wednesday, report Thursday and presented on Friday and they made a decision. So wow. like in our total cost against it back in those days was just a few hundred dollars. So. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. That's cool. That's a good, cool story. So Viv, how about question pro? Why did you start question pro? Well, uh, I guess uh, I got sick of, I don't have a sexy story, but I got really tired of my boss. I said like, you know, and, and I, I and, and I was, you know, I was doing consulting work and it's like, you know, consulting is awesome when you make a ton of money at tech consulting, at least. And during the dot-com, we made a shitload of money. But then, right, you know, like all good parties, they come to an end. And then like during the dot-com bust, we were all kind of twiddling our thumbs and then like, what do we do? So, so I wanted to shift away from consulting into doing, building a product. Um, and obviously, you know, I had some... I had some, uh, the backstory really, the real backstory is I, I went to BYU, uh, uh, it's Mormon school in Utah. And, uh, you know, over there, a market research professor, very similar to Jamie back in, this was in 97, 98, but, you know, each project was a full on application development. Each survey project, like you develop a database, you develop software on it, and then ran the survey. And so uh, the, the professor had an idea about like, hey, let's develop a survey engine, really, right? So that's what we called it at the time. And, and that's how that's how I got into the survey business, but in general. And then in 2005, we, obviously, I got sick of my boss and I said, I'm going to do this thing and, you know, not, not going to get, you know, uh, careened with my, you know, with my thing. So I just jumped into it. I remember very well, like I, live, I used to live in Seattle. Uh, I used to take the park and ride. I used to take the bus from, I live in Issaquah, which is like a suburb of Seattle, I guess. I used to take the bus from the Isokoka Park and Ride to uh, uh, to downtown Seattle, and I came back. My wife used to pick me up from the Park and Ride. I told her, "Honey, I quit my job today." She's like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Who's gonna pay the mortgage?" I'm like, "Well, we got like 25, 30 grand, so my mortgage is like eight hundred bucks. So I think we're good, you know. You know, we can survive for six months. I'm pretty sure we'll figure it out in six months as to you know make enough money to kind of survive." Um, so yeah, that's how it got started, and it's been it's been obviously a great ride uh, since then. Um, like these guys haven't sold the company yet, but I think we're all having fun right now. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really interesting point that you made. You know, we both started bootstrapping our businesses, I believe. Yep. Uh, and and that was because we had the technical expertise, but then also the market understanding of how, of how to do that. It's really hard to do that nowadays uh, to pull that that sort of thing off. I think it was, you know, for me, I, I had three months of PTO saved up. 
right? And so when I quit my job, that funded the business for a three-month period, and I knew I had to break even, right? So so it's like $700 rent, $300 in food. (laughs) You you guys were all braver than me. I kept my day job and worked from 8 till midnight for a year. There we go. So you did the day job in the hostel in the evening? Right. Uh, I was just too lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, for me, at least the kind of the one of the one of the one of the interesting moments in our kind of lives, like we we started like literally like so when I started the start, I got a T one line in my house, right? It's cheapest way. No, there was no Amazon. There was nothing like that and back then. It was two thousand five. So I installed a T one line in my house, and then I built the computer. Like, and I used to, you know, you know, hack and build computers. So I so I built a couple of computers, and one thing led to the other. Like, I, and, and actually, questions were started getting like, you know, actually working and everything. And at one point, we had in my garage, we had like twenty servers sitting in my garage, and, <laughs> and we were making. Frankly, we were making a bus at the time. It was awesome, but we had never moved to a data center. Right? It was too late. We were like, and my wife. The, the best story is like, my wife. One day, she's like. You know, she wants to do some kind of like, you know, the electrician is coming over. She was doing some random like, you know, uh, uh, refrigerator had to be fixed or something. So she turned off the power to the mm-hmm. to the garage, right? And I was like, no, no, you can't turn off the power in the house anymore. Of course, we moved out of there and everything else. But that was like, it was a pretty panic moment for everybody. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of like the sort of the cowboy antics, right? Back in those days, I remember we were doing a lot of work for Intuit and um, sending emails to surveys uh, to their customer base on their behalf. Right. Um, and, you know, there wasn't a way to distribute emails at mass in those days. And there was no like MailChimp or, or whatever. And so it was a product called Question Pro, which is like the software you buy and then install on your system. But it could only process like 100 emails an hour. So, so we literally had these laptops, all of our laptops and friends' laptops and family's laptops with this pirated version. <laughs> you distributed it through the, through the network, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I get the emails out. Just trying to make it. Yeah, interesting. I have a question for Jeffrey. Jeffrey, you guys sold to Austin Ventures. And tell me the story. The backstory is that you guys did not know that. Austin Ventures was Austin Ventures was also buying Web Surveyor, correct? So they they kind of merged the two companies together. But you guys didn't tell both the companies that they're buying each of them, right? So um, so my, so I had a partner uh, who was about fourteen years older than me, and we had repivoted the company like three times, grew it to fifty people, and we felt like getting the next pivot. We'd been lucky three times. We we, we realized we weren't the right people to scale it from fifty up. So we also didn't want to go through the sell it to VCs and they pretend to be your friends and then they fire you. So we're like, we're going to sell it to VCs. We'll then invest in Nuco. Um, and, you know, they had a CEO taking a company public that they wanted to bring in. So we're like, that's, you know, that's fine. We're going to, you know, we're going to approach this with eyes wide open. And of course, the, the, the deal goes through and then they're like, by the way, you know, we're trying to buy Confirmant, which obviously never happened. Uh, we're trying to buy SurveyMonkey, which obviously mm. never happened. Wow. And we're buying Web Surveyor, uh, which mm. happened. And then they merged them. And then they bought a little company called Surveyo. So they bought three three companies, rebranded it. Um, uh, it was actually Bovisi. I'm like, here's six names. I'm like, don't pick that one. <laughs> I'm like, don't pronounce it Bovisi. Everyone's going to say Bovici, like Dan did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, don't mess up our SEO. 
<laughs> no, I, I, I got to tell this joke about Jeffrey. When I met Jeffrey at law, I mean, I'm, I've obviously I've known him for many, many years. And I said, like, so, so how the fuck do you pronounce it? Bobby G, Bobby C, what is it? Right? He's like, I don't give a shit. How are you pronouncing it? As long as we get paid, we don't care. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, Viv, what's the, what's the ripped $100 bill story that you wanted to ask? Jeffrey. Oh, yeah. uh, Je- Jeffrey, you want to tell us this, you know, you, you, the story of, you know, how you sent, you were trying to kind of get in touch with the Survey Monkey guys and they wouldn't call you back and you sent them what you so, did. Yeah, so, so we had an angel investor and the angel investor was at this show in New York and he's like, there's this guy in a gorilla suit handing out flyers for Survey Monkey. And I talked to him. He's this college kid. It looks like a neat product. You guys should talk to him. So we knew them. So basically he went to two, I mean, his big marketing budget was going to two shows dressed as a gorilla. Yeah. Flyers. And then from there it was viral. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, tracked down his IP registration. Uh, it was in Madison. One of our employees was going back to Madison for Christmas, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. And I'm like, uh, this was before Google Maps. I'm like, swing by and see what his office is like. And then we realized he's working out of the basement of his parents' house. Uh, and so, you know, as he's taken off, we're selling enterprise software. He's selling low-end software. And he would never return my calls. Um, you know, and I'm like, you know, we have a chance to make money together. So I took a $100 bill, ripped it in half, FedExed it to him. And I said, together, you know, we have more money than we do apart. Still never heard of him from, but you know, I'm sure he's now surfing in Portland and right. he gets the last laugh. On He'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good story. Interesting. What, Jamin, when you uh, started Decipher, at what point did you realize that, hey, we're onto something here and you knew it was going to work out? Is there like a, a moment in time that you can think of that this was like, okay, yeah, we have something here and it's, it's going to work? I, uh, so it's a it's, the story of startups are is like a roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, depending on the month or the year, I thought I was the smartest person in the world. In fact, our first year that we started, which was pre dot com bust, um, we did a we bootstrapped the company. We did a million dollars in revenue with a tremendous gross margin. Um, somehow, Harvard. Business found out about us, <clears throat> and they were doing a series on bootstrapping a business to a million dollars in a year mm. because apparently that's really easy. <laughs> and so, and I thought it was. I'm like, fuck, this is easy. Let's do this all the time. Right. Uh, and then you know the dot com thing happened, and we lost 93 percent of our business in a three hour period. It was actually a drive to a retreat that we were paying a consultant for on a rebrand, right? Um, and I'm like, what are we? <laughs> What are we going to do? I remember sitting down on the steps of the place with my business partner, Jamie, and I'm like, do we have to pay for all this stuff still? (laughs) (laughs) So I I knew we nailed it straight away. And then I thought we were like going to get a job a year later. And then, you know, after a couple of years, we kind of found our, well, we did find our footing again and just kind of continued the slog. But like our story wasn't one of overnight success. It was Mm -hmm. one of a consistent grind year over year. Um, you know, and, and paying attention to the details and, you know, you look back and you're like, wow, that was, that was quite, quite a journey, but in a, in a, in a fun way, but not like this moment of like, ta-da, we got it. Right. Right. And that makes sense. Yeah. Jeffrey, do you have a similar kind of story or did you, when did you realize that you were onto something with Perseus and it was going to work? I know you said you pivoted three times, so maybe there's at different points in time, but if you have a similar story, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. So we, um, 
we were selling KD software that would write executive interviews um, and uh, concert communications, which was this merger of uh, MCI and AT&T, uh, was our big customer. And they were like 80% of our revenue. And um, new guy came in and he fires us. And we're like, why are you firing us? People have always been satisfied. He's like, because I got this I got this company I've worked with all my whole career. I like them. <laughs> so it's like nothing about us. And so all of a sudden we lost 80% of the revenue. And... Um, and I'm like, I never want to be in that circumstance again where one client is 80% of the revenue. And so um, a little after Jamin did his first web survey, so it was 1996, maybe it was July, I hand-coded an HTML survey and said, you know, we can take our KD software and have it spit out HTML. And um, so we did that, um, introduced it at uh, PC Expo or IT Expo in uh, 1997, and um, went to PC Magazine um, in person, gave them shirts, really like, you know, poured on, you know, we made the product look like Microsoft Word, which people weren't really doing at the time, but we made it like Microsoft Office. And we really gave them the spiel on why this desktop software was, was great. And they did a roundup um, against Web Surveyor and against SurveyMonkey and some other folks. And we looked at the whole roundup and we won by one point and my partner was convinced that it was the T-shirts that got us that. <laughs> awesome. And, uh, and so we were PC Magazine Editor's Choice Award, and all of a sudden the phone just started, you know, ringing off the hook. And, um, you know, it had just been him and I and a salesperson, um, a, a rotating salesperson. Uh, and, uh, you know, so it was three of us in 98, and then it grew uh, from there. So. Yeah, one of the things I, I still remember about Perseus, uh, Perseus had the desktop, kind of desktop interface was probably the best desktop interface from, it looked literally like Word. Like you were doing a survey on Word, really. So they had built this, and I was super jealous. I was like, shit, this thing means I need to learn how to write like Windows programming. So I'm, I'm a Java, you know, Linux guy. So I'm like, shit, man, we'll never get, you know, back in the day, we'll never, we'll never get the web interface to look like the desktop interface. It was a huge kind of spread, right? In terms of HTML versus kind of like highly interactive. There's no Ajax, there's no, you know, web sockets, all that stuff is today, but back then, so I was like, damn, dude, we can never, ever compete against this desktop. Kind of, they had this like rich desktop. First of all, it was a rich desktop, uh, so highly interactive. Uh, and then you could, you know, design the survey, like almost like as you're writing a Word document. So super jealous of uh, Perseus. Like, we'll never, we'll never be able to get anywhere near them. We're like, all right, fine. We'll just keep doing, you know, online surveys and, you know, try to, try to sneak in behind other people. <laughs> so, uh, and, and we kept, you know, we kept going that way. Uh, the one thing that, at least for me, uh, so obviously my background is in software engineering, um, and then, you know, in, in, I was talking to a client once, for me, the aha moment was, at least one of the aha moments, at least for us, was I was talking to a client once, and we were talking about something, and I gave him, he was a market research guy, he was kind of, he was at US Bank, I think, he was like head of insights for his bank, so we were just bantering, and I, my, my, my solution to everything was technology, and blah, blah, blah. And I gave him a couple of different ideas, right? Ran about the survey and about, about what he was trying to do. And he's like, okay, yeah, you know what? That's a smart idea. We should, we should, about, about the business itself, really. And that's when it stuck to me, like, well, here I'm a, like a random developer giving an idea to this SVP of uh, the US Bank, really. I'm like, actually, you can just, you know, it actually elevated my kind of thinking. It's kind of opened up, like, it opened up my own thinking, like, hey, just because I'm a developer, that doesn't mean I can get, not come up with bright ideas for anything else. So for me, that was a big, at least personally, or a deeply personal perspective. It kind of opened up my brain, really. Like, actually, I can do whatever the hell I want. And then since then, I'm like, 
fucking talking about everything I feel like talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Starting a business is like that, though. It's it's about identifying the problem that the customer has and figuring out how they're solving it, if at all, right now. Mm-hmm. So you know, once you get that problem statement dialed in, then it's all about figuring out what the solution criteria is, and then just simply building it for them. And in an ideal world, right, you'll have that same story with your, you know, early adopter customers that are willing to kind of help front load that development of what you've got going on. Um, and if you can kind of like that, it's so, so easy, but it's so friggin' hard to do. Yeah, I, I think one one thing that I got lucky on, I mean, there are two things that we got super lucky on talking about bootstrapping, Jim, and like two, two things. One, like we did SEO before SEO was sexy and cool. Yeah. We figured it out like way back when. And if you think about it, and here's an important point, like a lot of people put SEO under marketing, but it's really an engineering exercise. If you think about it, SEO is a very technical kind of operate yeah. exercise. It's not, first of all, it's not a creative exercise. <laughs> Obviously, it's not a creative exercise. So, so, and typically, most marketing teams are head, headed by creative folks. Um, so, you really need to put SEO under kind of a, an engineering function or a. I mean, today, people are, everybody's realized that everybody's smart. There's a head of growth who's really like analytical and operational, and they kind of run SEO for the most part. So, we got lucky back in 2005, 2006. We started doing SEO back then, and it was like, oh, shit, it was easy, you know, to, to get SEO done. And, and, and that kind of was one of, our, one of the reasons why we were able to get a kind of bootstrap the company. And the other big one was that you going back to your point about Jamie, you, you know, I used to identify like deep rooted problems with the customer and then ask for an ask by the money, right? So like, oh, they, I know that nobody else can solve that problem straight up, right? It's just like, you know, unbashed and, and that funded the development really, that funded the kind of infrastructure development. So that's how we kind of got around uh, and the internal joke, I gotta tell you, the internal joke is like, hey, who's your funders? I mean, people used to ask me in 2010, I'm like, hey, who's funded you? I'm like, well, my Washington Mutual and Starbucks, because they, 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 they are my funders, really. And for people who don't know, Washington Mutual was a big bank um, in Seattle. Uh, I think it was in the West Coast at one point before the before the shit show. It was the largest bank, I think, in the West yeah, Coast, yeah. as big as Wells Fargo, really. And yeah, they they, they had funded. You know, they were they were quote unquote my funders. <laughs> 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 yeah, I remember Viv one time uh, I think a customer said well who can I talk to beside you and you said well you can talk to my mom or my dad but I'm, they're not going to be much help like there's no one else it's me <laughs> yeah this was this was I used to do customer support also I mean all of us have done customer support I mean I'm I'm 100% sure. So I was talking to this one lady and she's like, you know, I want to talk to you, you know, I want to talk to your supervisor. I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I think I'm, I'm the founder, like, and I wrote the code, so I'm pretty sure, like, you know, about me. But my mom's dead, so you can talk to my mom. Maybe that works. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So, Jeffrey, besides the t shirts, what were some other big keys to success? Well, so um, so we got lucky. So one of the pivots that we made that was successful was SEO. It was a little before Question Pro. So, and this was when Alta Vista was still a thing. So um, the advantage of the desktop software um, was that people would create these web pages that they would upload to their own websites. So they were on all of these other domains. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a signature on the bottom, you know, powered by per, uh, Perseus Survey Solutions for the web. And um, uh, then Google comes along and, um, and all of a sudden we start getting all this traffic from Google because we had that link. And 
But early in Google's day, if you typed powered by, we were the number one hit. (laughs) And when they did that, we're like, oh, because this was like, you know, Google had just come out. We're like, oh, they're reading the links, they're applying it. So we had to change, you know, how the links were generated so that it was smarter, so that it was in, you know, survey software powered, you know, powered by, by Perseus. And so we just got so much organic traffic and growth um, from that. And, um, you know, that was just, you know, phenomenal for us. And, you know, we just kind of lucked into it because of the nature of the, you know, our web pages got loaded on all these other sites. Mm, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, Jeffrey, I, I didn't think about that, but Persis was unique in the sense that you were putting it on other people's domains, really, right? Unlike, yeah. unlike Survey Monkey and us, we're like all of it was backlinks back from ourselves, but you guys were able to push it on Cisco.com or whatever it is, some, right. other, some other domain, and then you had a backlink from a you know a third-party domain back to you, right? Yeah. yeah. God, it's still C. I should have figured that out. I did fucking years to figure that out. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we missed that entirely. Honestly, I remember I, I was so sad around 2012. I was looking at our um, SEO and I was like, we missed this entire this entire thing. Like the whole thing just completely passed us by because we were just... We were, making money, Jim, Jim, we were making money with we existing big clients. <laughs> <laughs> we're just counting the cash. You're like, fuck SEO, I'm counting the cash. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do agree. That we, you know, we were growing really fast, but you know, the... So similar to yourself, we had a, the first thing I did, got a website and an 800 number because I couldn't have, they just forwarded right to my cell phone, right? Mm. Uh, and, and that was, the 800 number was just like all positioning. But it was really funny back in those days, I was one digit off on our 800 number to a New York taxi support line. So we would get, and I'd never even been to New York at this point, I, we would literally get all the time questions I'm lost. Can you help me? How do I find it? All the time. I literally went and bought a map of New York and the sub and the subways and you know what I mean? So I could help people like navigate through. And I did actually have one of those convert to a customer. But there you go. Yeah. But I was always asking them, and do you do any survey work? (laughs) Right. That's a a new lead channel right there. Yeah. That was where I was winning while you guys were just crushing digital at that scale. That's funny. <laughs> you did convert. So like, you know, Jim, you are the hustler. No matter what, like, hey, do you need service? Hey, do you need directions? Do you need service software? All right, cool. I'm not no big deal, bro. <laughs> That's funny. That's good stuff. What, um, so Jeffrey, I was kind of curious around any funny stories with Perseus when you were starting up that kind of like the keeping the lights on or, you know, I don't know if your wife came in and shut off the, shut off the power or anything like that, but any funny stories you can think of? Um, so I wrote the code in Visual Basic, um, and, uh, Visual Basic 3, and they hadn't quite gotten around to the, the shift from 16-bit to 32-bit, but there was this thing called funking where I could use the long file names, because, you know, originally when it first came out, you had to have an 8.3 file name. And, um, one day my, uh, my, my Jewish business partner comes in. He's got, I've got this very upset client. They open up the questionnaire and it says, Jesus loves you. And, my face <laughs> and he's like, oh, God. oh, he's like, oh, what did he do? <laughs> to use the thunking, I had to write a little file, get the name and then like rewrite it. But it was like one line of code followed by another. Like the fi- no one should ever see the file. But for whatever reason, I wrote, you know, Jesus loves you in his little file. They got immediately got replaced. It was supposed to immediately get replaced, but for some reason it didn't. 
It could have been a lot worse though, Jeffrey. You could have named the file, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was the wrong the wrong type uh, uh, software evangelism. A hundred percent, the stuff in my code that was commented out, you would never want to be published ever anywhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> we did we did have this one section of code that you, you, I don't usually uh, that we called the fuck code <laughs> because uh, there was this. The Microsoft Access, there was something wrong in the documentation. This was before the internet. I'd go on CompuServe. I couldn't figure out what was wrong. My partner figured it out. And I would try to like rewrite it because it was, he was, he, he learned on deck. Like I said, he was 14 years older than me. His code was just spaghetti code. It was awful. And I could not rewrite it for the life of me. And it was there until it was, it was there for like eight or nine years. We just could not get away from this access code that somehow worked or, you know, around the documentation. So. Hey, I think, I think there's code that I've written that still runs question pro. So. (laughs) Including those servers in the garage, right? That's right. (laughs) What, what, uh, at some point um, in, in your company's history, each one, was there a time like you had to complete like a, obviously you completed a lot of difficult tasks, but is there something that you were like super proud of that you weren't sure if it was going to work or not? I know Viv, you can probably share when survey analytics question pro merged, like that was, you know, monumental for us, but are there things like that for you, Jamin or Jeffrey, when it was something that you, you knew you had to do it, but you weren't sure of like the particular outcome or how it was going to play out. I mean, yeah, every day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably the probably one of the bigger question, the bigger bets that we made was yeah. um, in 2006. Kristen Luck left OTX and started a business. Hmm. Um, I think it was called Forefront, and um, it was a you know going to be a survey platform kind of normal thing. And then after about a year of that, we and her and I had been friends through OTX or frenemies, I should say, you know, through OTX mm-hmm. and. Um, and on and I and I just you know recognized her and her talent and skill and thought man if you know Jamie and I two ugly guys <laughs> who are pro programming like you know we need somebody that's going to be able to get out there and market the company right yeah. and so uh, that for us that so you know we we created a merger of the businesses and it really elevated the the it worked out worked out to be a favorable obviously outcome. Um, yeah, so I'd say, you know, for me, the, the Kristen Luck factor of bringing her into the business was probably one of the biggest and most riskiest moves that we made, uh, through our 15 year journey, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, paid off. Right up. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Perfect. How about Jeffrey? Do you have a similar kind of story? Yeah. Or? Well, so we had started with $179 software cause I pivoted, we pivoted from the big professional services project. And so I really wanted to, uh, um, you know, sell low-end software, but I still, but we called it Perseus Development Corporation after Lotus Development Corporation. We were in Boston. So we still had the motto of you go, model of you go into the store and buy the software. But our customers kept pulling us up market. And finally, you know, some would install it in, on their own servers, but there was clearly they wanted to run it in a SaaS. And so we were late to, uh, to SaaS. And so there was a major car company that really was like, we've been a long time happy customer. We want this as a full SaaS solution. So, so, and we need to see what you have. So we had, we had uh, actually um, hired uh, Brad Patton, a great software architect who had grown up on small talk. Uh, so very object oriented before that was kind of a thing. And he basically wrote this thing to convert our visual basic code to C sharp. And so we were moving all of the code over 
but we didn't have the part where when they finished designing the survey um, that it would get published. So, so my partner, Rich, is at, you know, in Detroit demonstrating this. The client is designing this survey. And then he calls me and he's like, okay, publish it. <laughs> so they had, they had created it, but then I had to like copy the files over to where they could then see them. So it was literally the ignore the, the man behind the curtain. <laughs> automated that part of the uh, of the software yet. But uh, we did get the deal. <laughs> and then we're able to, you know, with that large contract, we're able to continue to invest in 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 what we we what we started to call enterprise feedback management. So, nice. That's right. That's right. This uh, I don't think many people know about this. I gotta I gotta give one uh, one uh, props to my friend Jeffrey over here. He's the first guy. He coined the term uh, EFM. You know, he, when he was that's right. He was Mister Blogger. God damn it! I used to look. He used to fucking blog every day. And, <laughs> and a good quality. It's not like bullshit content, right? A good quality piece of content nearly every day. Like maybe once, two or three times a week. And, and he coined AFM or Enterprise Feedback Management as a construct. Uh, so thank you for that, Jeffrey. So actually what we did, so my dad coined it. What we did was we had a contract internally. So my dad had been CEO of a company in Canada, had retired. My mom was sick of him after six months. <laughs> so we brought him out as a consultant. He helped us uh, go international. He helped us set up some international business. And um, we, so we had an internal contest to come up. I was like, we need a TLA. We need to call this Survey Solutions TLA, three-letter acronym. I don't know what the three-letter acronym is. So we had a contest internally. We, we, we bought pizzas for everybody every Friday. We'd do a survey. And so we asked them. And so we got 50 suggestions. I went through all these TLAs. All TLAs have other meanings. Um, and, uh, you know, we voted on them and picked my dad's enterprise feedback management. And then I had, you know, the best chief marketing officer I ever had, Dwight Galler, who convinced Gartner to adopt it. Nice. At which point all of these competitors were like ticked because they were spending a hundred thousand dollars a year with Gartner. (laughs) Somehow, you know, we were new clients at Gartner and somehow he got them to call the market EFM. Wow. And then that really positioned us to sell it to Austin Ventures. So I can't believe I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. That's a great story. I absolutely love it. Uh, for us, at least, one of the pivotal moments was like we had. Made, I had made a mistake. I kind of created a new brand called Survey Analytics back in 2010, 2011. It was a big mistake. I think uh, my my original thing was like enterprise business versus you know small and medium commercial business are two different vectors. We need different brands. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, in hindsight. Uh, pretty dumb idea uh, at the time we felt like the right thing to do uh, but then eventually like in the, you know 13 14 we decided to merge the two together so we were like we actually separate on the code base and everything else uh, we own both of them and then now we have to kind of got that merge the code base to get, that, get the thing back and get the database and everything back and it was like probably this you know and, and the thing is like we own both sides right like, it, like it's not like you can say you know fuck off to one side or the other really we, we have to kind of get it get it right and I think I'd probably say like I think Dan's right. Like I've never been more stressed in my life. Like getting getting that project, merging it, and then we got the thing done. I, mean, I remember like obviously a few customer employees are still here. Like so, you know, we turned it on, and so you know for, now we have a single system, right? We have a whole bunch of customers from one system. It's like you know a few thousand customers and a few thousand customers here, and now you know in one system, we turned it on and everything else, and we didn't get any like. We were expecting customer support to blow the shit up, right? I mean, chat would have been blowing up. 
and we are like waiting and like nothing's coming up is the same level of kind of like you know random conversations my friend Andre is like hey did you even do the merch because I can't believe <laughs> you guys you guys actually pull this off with the shit not blowing up on, on the customer support side I'm like I'm pretty sure the code base is the same now. It's the code base. It's not the whole code base. I'm 100 percent sure. Like I'm gonna double check, make sure that the redirect worked, everything worked. So, so finally it worked, and that was I was I was holding my breath, and we were all shit scared. Um, obviously, it kind of thank God it worked out. But that was that's probably, <laughs> probably the, the, the most stressful I've been uh, in my in my career at least. So after Varen bought VC, I left and um, was doing consulting. I did not compete. So. Um, one of the so clients who were using other platforms. So I had a survey analytics customer and then I think I became a survey analytics uh, customer for a while. And then we had clients using Decipher who would need help programming surveys. So we were doing professional services around survey programs. So I got to use both your guys' uh, you know, platforms 2012, 2013, 2014, which was fun. Yeah, found all the bugs for us. <laughs> 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 yeah, and I'm using Question Pro now, which is super fun. Uh, look at that full circle, full circle right there. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, gave oh, me a lot of advice on terms of hey, you know, you need to fix all this shit. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, I think let's maybe one more question, then we can wrap it up. But I know there's a lot of people listening here that are either you know entrepreneurs or thinking about starting companies or in the space. This is kind of a loaded question a little bit, but what sort of like advice would you give them if they want to start their own company? What sort of blind spots that you guys experience should they watch out for or any parting advice that you guys want to give? Um, Viv, maybe I'll start with you this time. Oh, I have a simple answer. Just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. All right. All right. It's good advice. <laughs> just go for it, huh? Just go for it. That's it. Yeah, and, and there is never a perfect time, I think, getting to the heart of his point, right? It's, the market is always going to be aggressive towards you. You're always going to have headwinds. The shit is hard. but And I think that's part of the problem with social media is, mm. in a lot of ways, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't know what an entrepreneur was when I started the business. Um, that was kind of a new thing that trickled into my vocabulary over the last few, you know, decade. But uh, the... The reality is that if that's what your heart tells you have, like you can't not do that thing, then you just better fucking step up and get it done. Mm -hmm. Even if it winds up being a failure, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and then I would say like, to complement that point, um, it's really important that you find people that have either done it before or a little bit ahead of you in the journey mm -hmm. that can help guide you because there's a lot of, there's a lot of icebergs in the water. You know, if you go from yeah. A to Z and it, people that have been th navigated that before, they can help you avoid those things. Mm, that's good. Good points. Uh, for me, I would say, you know, even though we're all selling survey software, that there are other research methods to use besides surveys to really make sure you're understanding uh, your market and then mm -hmm. come up with some hypotheses that you test with surveys. But one of the things that we did behind that UI that Viv was talking about was we actually did ethnographic work. We had people send us their questionnaires. And so we studied how people were writing questionnaires and WordPerfect and Word and all of these things. And we designed our UI around the way that they were writing questions. We weren't asking them, we were looking and studying the, their, their work. And that was 
you know, better than, I mean, we did, we also did a survey. We tested a bunch of our, the, the names, survey solutions came out of that, that survey, but really building the product came from that ethnographic work that we did, which um, I think differentiated the product early on. Yeah. I wish I had done more of those. My, my ethnographic work was when I started Question Pro was like, I used to tell my wife, Kalpana, can you, can you create a survey? I'm just going to watch you create a survey and <laughs> through it. And that's my, that's my ethnographic. I mean, I wish I had, you know, a better, you know, systematic way. It's like, hey, I'm, you know, we needed like random people. And the random people, I wife, my Kalpana, come here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know how you works for me. I couldn't get, uh, you know, I couldn't get, <laughs> I couldn't get anybody to- my partner was like, honey, I need you to help me with this stuff that I'm building. So, uh, awesome. Awesome. Good, good, good. That's great. Awesome. Well, hey, guys, thanks so much for coming on today. I know a lot of funny stories. There's a lot of comments and things you guys can read, but people are having a good time. So appreciate you guys coming on and talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much for listening to the MRX Influencers Podcast. If you want more information about Question Pro, go to Question Pro. If you want to follow me, feel free to do so on LinkedIn or Twitter. Until next time, we'll see you later.